Welcome to North Georgia Business Radio. I'm your host, Bo Henderson, joined with Dr. Bill Lanton. This is the one place committed to highlighting the local businesses in our community and the people behind them. Dr. Bill, one of the things I wanted to talk about, it may seem out of left field, but I promise it's going to make sense. Let's talk about the importance of health and how that applies to life and business. No way that's left field, my friend. What's life without health? Well, there you go. You know, that's one of the things with business. There's nothing worse than having opportunities, things going good, and not having the energy to take care, or just feeling bad for that matter. Yes. uh, Business is often tough enough, as any of our guests would have been able to tell us had we asked them. It's tough enough if you are in great shape and you're feeling top level. If that's not the case, you've got, as you say, an additional challenge. Well, let's talk a little bit. I love some of the work you do. I know you've been working and helping people 50-plus, and and talk about some of the things you've done personally to be in good shape. Well, since I turned 50 a couple of weeks ago, yes, I'm I'm, I'm qualified to talk about that, Bo. The... um, The dawning that I had, which got me into my own physical fitness program, came when I was in graduate school. I had uh, put on pounds uh, and put on pounds and put on pounds. And all of a sudden, one day at Ohio University, when I was a graduate student, I looked around and noticed everybody didn't look like I did. (laughs) They, They all looked much more fit. So I also realized that... um, I was weighing what maybe a good football player weighed, but I didn't have the frame of a football player. So I started jogging. And as a matter of fact, I didn't even have any uh, exercise shoes. That's how far out of it I was. I started jogging in street shoes. (laughs) But the good news is I lost 30 pounds. I've kept that off, and I have a pretty good uh, daily regimen now. Well, let's talk about that. So how has that helped you taking that seriously, making that a part of your life in business? Can you make a connection to just feeling better and being healthier? Yes, I think it would go back to what you said about our energy. And when we get up for for the day, we're ready, we're zestful, we're charged. And that's the way you have to be, to be a winner in business. Well, I don't know about anybody listening, but you've got all the energy I can handle, Dr. Bill. So something must be working right. But let's turn this. We're talking about health. We're talking about business. Let's tie that together with our first guest. I'd like to bring in Rick Parks from Rick's Gym. This is actually the 1984 Mr. Georgia. Rick, welcome to the show. Bull, thank you. I am honored to be here. Well, so you've been in training, you were bodybuilding, so how did that all come about? Did you just, two years old, people ask you what you wanted to be, and you said Arnold Schwarzenegger, or did that kind of come about a different way? Sort of. I was a little bit older when they asked me, but my heroes have always been the strong men. Ah. Uh, when I graduated high school, I was 138, 140 pounds, even though I played football, I was one of the smallest guys on the team. I graduated high school in 1976. I walked into a gym with my younger brother around 1977, 78, and started lifting for the first time in my life, I started getting stronger. My body started to change. And it was an addiction that I got uh, back in the late 70s, and I've still got it today, and we're in 2019. Well, let's talk. So to be at the level, we talked about Mr. Georgia. Yes. So to win competitions like that, there has to be some natural genetic gifting and help there. You know, obviously, I had uh, great parents. My mom and dad gave me great genetics. Uh, somewhere along the line, I was just instilled with a determination and drive that uh, I didn't understand sit down and throw your hands up in the air. My method was, you know, you go, you go, you go till you can't go anymore. Then you figure out a way to go a little bit further. Um, I educated myself a lot on nutrition, mainly from books. You know, we didn't have the Internet back in my time. 
And a lot of people think the World Wide Web's been around forever, but it hadn't for us older guys. So I was self-taught on a lot of it, and I just wanted it. I made it a priority, and if you've seen me, I had a, a magazine or a book in my hand to educate myself on nutrition and way to train. Uh, here in Gainesville, Georgia, you know, I was one of the very first bodybuilders, me and my first wife, Pam, and my younger brother. We were the first bodybuilders out of Gainesville. Since then, I've, had a, I've been blessed and honored enough to train a lot of other people to do it. What do you tell the person out there, Rick, that they might they might say, you know what, I don't have the genetics. That's not in my family. But what do you say to them? I, I certainly would hate it if they use that as an excuse not to improve their life. Well, and I hear that pretty often, Bo. And uh, excuses are exactly that. They're excuses. And sometimes I just have to be real with people. And so why don't you just tell me you just don't want it bad enough? Because right. that's what excuses are. You just don't want it. It's not important to you. You mentioned a minute ago nutrition. And many people, when they think of fitness, they just think of weightlifting or running or other types of exercise. What part does nutrition play? Well, Bill, a lot of people don't realize this, but our body, we're kind of born like a fine-tuned Ferrari. Now, you put a high-performance fuel in that Ferrari, and it'll run like a Ferrari. Well, our food is our fuel. You know, the problem is people want to, instead of treat our body like the temple it is, people want to treat it like it's a trash can and throw junk in our body. But it's all about fuel. It's about having the protein and the carbs and the, the good fats in your body to make it run the way it's supposed to run. You know, so and it takes a little education. Anybody these days can pick up a smartphone or a book and, and educate themselves. We hear a lot about keto, which is a big thing these days, and I'm a big believer of that. But I'm old school, and we came from, it was called Dr. Atkins. He was one of the first ones, and he learned actually from the bodybuilders who were dropping body fat to get in competition. That's how he'd come up with the keto. So in your gym and in your training program, nutrition is a part of what you, you teach. Nutrition is a main part of it. You know, you can't, out, you can't out exercise a bad diet. I mean, if you eat fast foods every day, you can get on that treadmill and run for two or three hours. You're still not going to build that Ferrari. You're still going to have that clunker physique and that clunker body. So you've been doing gyms, I know, for over 35 years now. Yes. Gyms, training, things like that. So I know you came from Gainesville, right? Yes, I was born here in Hall County. Now, was the, were the gyms always around here, or was there kind of a journey back home, so to speak? Well, you know, my first gym was opened up here around 84 or so on Washington Street. Uh, that was the original Rick's Gym of Gyms back in the bodybuilding days. And uh, I ran ju- uh, gyms in Florida, in Daytona Beach, Ormond Beach area. I ran several in Atlanta. I was very involved in a company called Sports Life Wellness Centers, where I worked with the founder of Step Aerobics. If you guys are familiar with Step Aerobics, the original Step, uh, I was part of the very first idea. It came from Lego building blocks. Oh, wow. Well, well let's let's look at that. So one of the things I know we've had a conversation. Now, Rick, for those of you here that don't know, I, I've worked out with Rick for, for a long time now. He's actually partially responsible for these guns that you're seeing now. Just get... Why are y'all laughing? Good thing we're not on television. No, no, too bad. But, but Rick, one of the things when people, um, we, we've talked about this, there's a, there's, and you kind of hinted at this, but there's, a, there's not just the body, there's a mind-body connection. Now, what do, what do we need to do to really make that work? Well, it's funny you brought that up because I was just sharing with one of my clients yesterday the importance of vision. If you can see it in your mind, you can achieve it. You know, so I encourage people, find somebody that's got a physique that you like. You know, look at a magazine, look online, cut it out, put it on your board, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your... Uh, on your visor on your car when you pull it down you see it because if you see that sometimes it'll keep him reaching in and grabbing ice cream maybe you grab the fruit instead you know it's about holding yourself accountable because the biggest problem i think with society right now is we don't hold ourselves accountable we want to make excuses why yeah i woke up this morning five pounds heavy not because i ate the ice cream last night because my thyroid's giving me trouble 
Oh, right. Of course. Well, one of the things, so every New Year's, I know I'll, when we hear about New Year's resolutions, goals, there's usually a financial goal and a fitness goal, right? That's exactly. almost everybody would like to do something better to improve. The problem is uh, you'll hear next New Year's, they're coming up with the same goal because nothing really was accomplished there. So the person out there that just, they might be frustrated. They might have been, been on this cycle or just feel so far behind the eight ball that I don't, I don't even have the energy to start. What do you tell that person, Rick? Well, you know, the reality is, Bo, we all kind of go through that in life in different aspects, different points, I think. And uh, what I try to get people to understand is every year I hear all these New Year's resolutions, and I'm a man who doesn't like excuses, so I'm always hitting people pretty hard on that one. And my goal thing is to them, sooner or later, you're going to run out of New Year's to, to make the resolution with. You're going to die. If you don't start taking care of yourself, you're going to run out of New Year's resolutions. But what my main thing I try to teach them is you do one step at a time. Maybe you just take one bad thing out of your food. Take one bad meal out a day and add something good in there. The next day you do it again. And maybe it takes you two or three weeks just to get on a good eating program. But the reality is we all have the ability to do it. So we get sick and run to the doctors to get us back to where we were before, which wasn't he- healthy to begin with. Well, and, and it's shifting from reactive, right? We're right. addressing it with a doctor after something bad's happened instead right. of maybe having good habits up front. I think that's an important point to realize. Yeah, I, I go with what Bo was talking about if you – if you Go to most gyms, maybe the first two to three weeks of January. It's very difficult to find a parking place. (laughs) And by mid-February, those people have cleared out. I like very much your coaching approach, Rick, in that you don't really, and it seems to me, you don't really coddle people. And I I remember so well reading, I, I do a lot on the internet, and I was reading a comment by Kevin Butler, of course, the legendary kicker from Georgia. And somebody had written in that they had been watching a football program, a football game, and the coach seemed to have been very hard on one of his players. And this person who was writing in said, gosh, I just don't know why would you would do that. And Kevin Butler's answer was, you've never competed at the highest level. If you compete at the highest level, there are people who have to really drive you, correct you, uh, sometimes prompt you in ways that may be a bit uncomfortable, but that's what a coach is for. Well, and the importance of a coach, you know, is I think some people underestimate the, you know, the importance of it and what it can do. Uh, I had somebody here recently tell me they didn't really believe in personal trainers, and I said, well, I understand that. I said, but all your top athletes in the world have trainers. You know, so it's kind of hard to justify that. And, yes, when people come in, my job is in my personal training business, I want to motivate them, educate them, and hold them accountable. And yes, you know, I've lost business. I lost somebody here recently because I told them they had gained weight, and she didn't appreciate <laughs> it. And walked out of my door and said, uh, I'm done. What did the scales tell her? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is how it really works. What you eat in secret still shows up in public. Yes, right. yes. Do you see that as a problem that, that there's a there's a some training aspect in, in this that people are paying people just to kind of be their buddy and tell them what they want to hear and maybe not even move forward health wise? I think a lot of that. It's one of the problems in my profession. I think a lot of personal trainers out there uh, will become babysitters. They become best friends and just coaches somewhat, but they're babysitters. And reality is, when people come to you as a trainer. Your goal should be to help them accomplish the goals that they want. And you do that sometimes against their will because you got to make them do things they don't want to do sometimes. But, you know, you've worked with me off and on for a lot of years. Sometimes I'm going to push you that extra step on the days you don't want to do it. You know, one of the things that interests me, I've, uh, I think I was, I was 13 when I started playing golf, played a little bit of competitive golf at the college level. 
And in those early days, nobody who was a golfer believed in training. And then along came Gary Player. And many of the people who watched him doing all those push-ups and other exercises every day said, it's going to ruin your game. You won't be as flexible. And now, as you very well know, you talked about professional athletes having trainers. Probably 90% of the guys on the professional golf tour have fitness trainers. Well, you know, Bill, I'm sure you're right about that, and it's important. Uh, back in my first gym, back in the early 80s, I had an opportunity to work with Tommy Aaron when he was getting ready for the senior tour, and what Tommy wanted me to help him do was hit the ball further. So I created some exercises we could do to help him out on that one. I've played with Tommy, and I can assure you that your coaching worked. <laughs> well, so, Rick, somebody, you know, I'm sure in a lot of cases an excuse. Somebody says, I can't afford a trainer. But I think in some cases they might be in a position where they can't. Uh, somebody that knows they need to make a change, the things we're saying, they're saying, you know what, I really do need to take a stand and do something. Are there things they can do without necessarily joining a gym or at least get started? Well, of course, and I tell people all the time, and even when I'm on the big fitness centers, I tell everybody, you don't have to go to the gym to get, get in shape. You just have to make good choices. Uh, get up in the morning and, you know, walk around the block. Get up in the morning do some push-ups, sit-ups. You know, if you can't do that, you know, just, you know, go outside and just walk around the yard a little bit. But you got to start in the kitchen. You start by pushing away the stuff that you know was unhealthy. You know, I just told a young lady last night, and I was sitting somewhere eating, and she asked me about working out, and she said, how can I lose 30 pounds? And I said, well, if it tastes good, spit it out. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she, that wasn't what she was looking for, but I was cutting up, over it, but I tried to give her some pointers. And, but, no, you don't have to be a member of a gym. You can do it at your home. I mean, uh, yes, I make a living as a personal trainer. I would love for all the people in the world to come to me and let me train them, but the reality is some people can't afford it. Right. And some people, if they can afford it, they don't have the time. To me personally, the secret is to find a time of day that you will stick to because I noticed in my own ongoing fitness program, the self-discipline it takes, that if I don't do that first thing in the day, something is going to keep me from doing it. It'll be a meeting. It'll be uh, some problem that I have to take care of. And so I set the alarm for six o'clock and by seven, I've got it done. There are no meetings that I would be having at 6 a.m. Well, Bill, you're making it a priority. Yes. You know, and that's what we all need to do in life. Things that's important to us, we'll figure out a way to do it if it's important to us. That's right. They say, look where you spend your time and spend your money, and that'll show you your priorities. Right? Well, one comment, Bo, as a follow-up on something you said. Some people say they can't afford physical f training. Can they afford bad health? Yeah, I promise you that's more expensive, most yes, likely. Yes, much more. Uh, one other thing, Rick, uh, you know, I deal a lot with the retirement demographic, people transitioning a lot of times in their 50s and 60s and, and 70s even. Um I think a lot of times there's this mindset that I get to a certain place and, and I, I shouldn't lift anymore. I shouldn't do exercise. What do you tell that person? Is there an age where it's like, okay, um, maybe we don't lift anymore. Or maybe we don't need to train or is it any age? Well, you know, I get that question a lot. Uh, both people come into my gym and ask me, hey, can I build muscle at 50? Can I build muscle at 60 or 70? Your body will rust out if you sit around long enough. So a body in motion, if you keep it in motion, it'll stay in motion. The fastest way I know of losing muscle is doing nothing. Right. So regardless of the age, it is super important. And, I mean, you see people out here 80, 90 years old cutting grass. You know, one of the people in my gym's mother is 90, uh, 94, I think he said, cuts grass with a push mower, won't let him cut it. 
Well, and I think that's another important point. I, I've seen old 50-year-olds and young 90-year-olds. Yes. I think it really depends on how you take care of yourself and what you do. Well, the Peachtree Road Race, there are some very elderly people who compete in that. Right. Making it a priority. Uh, one of the things that comes up when we talk about longevity, Rick, and you've been doing this um, over 35 years, rarely is it a linear, just a move where things just get better and better and better. Usually there's some, some lessons along the way. If there's someone listening and there was a lesson or a principle that you could give them that's helped you stay in the game, still training, still growing a business, what would that be? You know, well, Bo, there's a lot of different uh, ways we can look at that one, too. One of the main things that's happened to me in the past several years, uh, I ended up in a hospital fighting for my life. You know, I walked into a hospital looking pretty much like a professional bodybuilder, like I just stepped off cover of a magazine, uh, was sick, ended up in intensive care, and woke up a month later and I came home three and a half months after that. Wow. You know, the doctors told me, said, Rick, the only reason you're alive is simply because you're in the shape you're in. So there's no way a normal man would have walked in here and went out. And obviously, I went in that week, and I was doing over 500-pound squats, and I came home on a walker because I couldn't stand. Now, I give God the glory that I'm, I'm alive today and breathing, but he put the right doctors in there, and the doctors told me, said, without you having the background you have in health and fitness, you would no longer be here. So your, your physical level of fitness basically saved your life. Yes, it did. Wow. That's not altogether uncommon. I've had members of my family who have gone through considerable medical experiences, and the doctor said, in every case, you're better off than a lot of people would have been because you have kept your body in, in adequate shape. And it's important. Well, you know, preventive medicine is what we should be practicing you know, and I got a lot of clients that come to me, and several of my clients are doctors, so I don't want to take business away from them, but I think they would sit here and tell you the same thing. Take care of yourself, and you won't have to come see me, but if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to be sitting in my room one day. You're going to be sitting in the operating room. Well, Rick, one of the things I know is real important to you is contribution and, and giving back in the community. You want to share a little bit about some of the things you're doing there? Well, you know, I enjoy making a difference in people's lives at all all ages, really, And but I have an outreach program called Life Talks. Life is an acronym to stand for Learn Insights from Experience. My program is about choices, about making good choices. I go into schools, I go into prisons, and I go into jails, and I go into churches. And I share ideas and ways that will help people make good choices, and I help people understand we all make mistakes. You know, don't beat yourself up. You know, you got to forgive the person in the mirror for not being perfect and put it back together again. There's a lot of really good people out there that just made a few bad choices. And they're down on their luck. And what I try to do is help them understand how to put it back together. And we do that by just making better choices every day. I love that. Good work there. What did you learn? And what can we do going forward? Well, you know, with, with me, you know, I've, I've taken a few downfalls, you know, a couple of times because of the economy, a couple of times from being uh, not smart and making bad <laughs> decisions. Um, you know, I've seen an interview one time. I heard an inter interview where uh, this person asked this, uh, this older gentleman and said, what made you successful? He said, uh, bad choices. They said, how did bad choices do it? He said, after a while, I started making good choices because the bad choices wasn't working. Mm. I like it. Now, Rick, somebody out there saying, hey, I like, I like Rick's coaching approach. I like that maybe he will kick my butt if it needs to be kicked. Um, and I know you're open to having a conversation and, and answering questions. How could somebody uh, find out more, get in touch with you, or what's the best way to, to contact you? Well, you know, people are welcome to drop in my business. I am in the building. Uh, a lot of people know where Millie's is on uh, – Cleveland Highway, 1732 Cleveland Highway. We're next to the Burger and Shake over there. You're welcome to stop in my office or my business. A lot of times I'm training people. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, Rick's Personal Training. 
you can call me, number 678-777-1890. You know, and my goal is this, is to get everybody I can as healthy as I can. I believe in the ripple effect. You know, if you toss a stone in the river, it's going to make little ripples, and those little ripples are going to reach other people, and that's my goal for you, you know, to help you reach other people by me getting in shape and you paying it forward. Truly, I, I do, Rick, the work, the work you do helps make people better ber- versions of yourself, and I appreciate that, and thanks for joining us on North Georgia Business Radio. Well, Bill, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Terrific. Well, Terrific. Well, well, Bill, you know, we talked about you see the muscles, to have muscles like Rick, you've also got to eat, right? You've got to feed yourself, so I think that cues up our next guest perfectly. Yes, it does, because we're going to focus on restaurants now, specifically Joy Allgood, who is a catering manager at Two Dog Restaurant. Welcome, Joy. Thank you, Dr. Bill. It's great to be here. Thank you both. One of the things, of course, that that happens, we used to use Yellow Pages. We would be looking now on our phone or our tablet, searching for a place to eat. And one of the things that would happen in Gainesville, if you do that, you're going to find a great number of opportunities and options. Why would Two Dog Restaurant be our choice? One of the biggest things, well, actually, our motto, what what we do is eat fresh, eat local, and eat well. Um, I love what Rick was saying earlier um, about eating well, because that's what we promote. We are a restaurant that sources from local farmers, and that's why a lot of our sides change daily. No preservatives. Um, we bake our fresh bread daily, every morning. Um, and also with our meats, everything is locally done. Even when it comes to our seafood, poultry, you name it, everything we do locally. And uh, everything is done in house. And so what you get is fresh. And it's actually so much better for you. And plus, it's just a really cool place. It really is. We have a great atmosphere and a great staff, and it's wonderful. You've got me salivating already. <laughs> well, Joy, one of the things I like about Two Dog is there's there's something there that you're not going to find. There's always something there on the menu you're not going to find at other restaurants in town. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you got some creative guys back in the kitchen. What's the deal? We do. Uh, Tim Roberts, uh, he is our head chef, also owner. He and his wife, Tina, uh, we've been here in Gainesville uh, for 22 years. So longevity, I think, has uh, really paid off for us. We're super excited about that every day that we're able to serve this community. Um, And so there's a lot of different things because we use what's seasonal. We use what's fresh. And so you could come in. One of our favorites is our Rosa. People love all different types of rosas, the regular, the artichoke, Greek rosa. Um, And we have people that are constantly coming in and giving us, you know, all of our employees have something to give in the back of the house. Um, They're always saying, hey, why don't we try this today? And so we just try it and it ends up going so well. And that's why our sides, like I said, they change daily because we're always trying something new to try to give our community something new and something exciting. Uh, Bouncing off the fact that you're catering manager, I know that there (laughs) must be times when catering is at its peak, uh, holiday celebrations and so on, but what are other reasons that catering is 
is in demand and popular. You'd be amazed, uh, Dr. Bill. Honestly, our catering is very steady because we don't just do what you would consider your typical caterings. It's not just weddings or, you know, we do business luncheons. We do everything from 10 people to 450 people. And so, and we can do drop-offs for lunches at offices. We can do staffed events, um, which is great. We always enjoy doing both of those because we leave. We like to leave there knowing that we were able to give something to the experience that you were expecting. And so it's nice, even if it's a drop-off. We like to leave our little coffee and, you know, and our wonderful, of course, chocolate cream pies. And, you know, but also our, our staffed events like our weddings and huge business events. Those are always wonderful. We, we enjoy seeing and being a part of someone else's wonderful event. Now, if I have an event, Joy, is, is it you or, is, or, is there, or do you even do this? If I come in and I tell you, here's my idea, here's my situation. Are you going to help me with the ideas to plan that and pull that together? Or is it just, I need to know exactly what I want when I come in? No, not at all. We actually, we do um, a lot of events around Northeast Georgia, bridal like conventions type things where we give a little bit. And we also have an all-inclusive menu, which is uh, very helpful. Um, Our all-inclusive menu includes our staff our you know it includes everything so when we say it's x amount of dollars that's exactly how much it is there's no extra charge no extra fees and we like to just meet with whomever you know is organizing the event so we can figure out what type of flavor what type of feel you want for your specific event and then we just kind of work around from there we all we always offer ideas Uh, Things that are going to be easier for caterings. Um, But we also, we just like to sit back and listen. And we just work. We work with whomever is is sitting in front of us just to make sure that it's exactly what you want. Joy, when I drive by there, every time I see that sign, true dog, okay. What's the origin of that? What does it mean? (laughs) Two Dog, uh, like I said, Tim and Tina Roberts, the owners, uh, they came up with Two Dog, obviously, because of their two dogs. Oh, all right. It's uh, pretty simple. Um, And so when you go by our building, a lot of people are like, oh, I've seen that building before. It's not your typical building. We um, hire a lot of local artists. And a lot of the, a lot of the local people they come, and that's why our building looks very eclectic. And we also have our own garden in the back where we get all of our herbs from. And so we actually literally walk out the back door, grab our mint for our cucumber lemon water, and there it is. Well, two dogs been around, Joy. There, there's at least a couple locations, but you said 22 years. 22 years, yes, sir. Was it just two stops? Just two stops. We oh. uh, started on the square. And uh, now we're located at 317 Spring Street, which is uh, basically directly across from the courthouse. And uh, right there, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great location. Right off of 129 there. Yes, 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 sir. Well, I know know you guys at, at Two Dog, you believe in not just having a business, not just running the business, but 
contributing back in the community. Do you want to talk a little bit about the things you do there? Absolutely. Um, and, of course, we do a lot of things with the Humane Society. Um, that's probably, Appropriately. probably a given. Yeah. Um, but uh, we all, we do, uh, we did, I think it was just a few weeks back, it was uh, 10 to 20% of all of our proceeds went to the Humane Society. Um, but we don't just give back to large, you know, organizations. We give back to the individuals, which is what I love. When you walk into our restaurant, you will see walls and walls filled with the most amazing and eclectic frames of people's pooches. It's wonderful. And so people can come in and they're like, oh, you know, that's that's my dog. And we everybody is pretty much known by name. And it's wonderful. So we do a lot for the organizations um, in town. We also offer, of course, our restaurant. A lot of people actually rent our entire restaurant out. Oh, wow. For events? For events, for fundraisers, mm. uh, local fundraisers. And we will just say we're closed for a private event. So that's always available as well. Um, and we just love the fact because we don't, like I said, it's not just the people, it's not just the large organizations, but it's also the, um, it's also the environment. Um, and so we recycle everything that we have glass boxes. Uh, we don't use plastic straws any longer. Um, even with our caterings, we offer a biodegradable option and we use uh, palm leaf or bamboo um, utensils, plates, everything. It's wonderful. Well, you know what's fascinating? More and more I see businesses that when they have something like that, they're committed to the recycling, to to being sustainable. But people will choose that because they align with their beliefs, where maybe not so much in the past, but I'm seeing more and more that people liking to align with kind of a mission along with just having lunch or dinner. It is. It's wonderful. And um, it's still kind of a new concept, but uh, we like to think of Gainesville as a big little town. I think that's appropriate. I mean, we do. Right. That's, that's, how, um, that's how we like to reference Gainesville because it is. It's a, it's a big town, but it is small. There's so still, it's a big little town. There's a small town component. You're right. There is. And, and so we try, to, we try to hold on to that, but we also try to think of the bigger picture, and so that's why we've tried, to, you know, and we've always done this. This is not something new. Um, we've been recycling since day one. And so that's why uh, a lot of folks will actually bring us their recycling because they, you know, either they can't do it or they don't know how. And so they just come and they'll bring it to us. And we also get people that have phenomenal gardens and have an abundance of cucumbers that they don't know what to do with. So <laughs> it's wonderful. In. It is. It's wonderful. Well, I'm going to throw you a curveball, Joy. Let's do it, Just because Bo. it's you. So I don't know <laughs> if if you've talked with Tim and Tina or been around it enough to know. What, where do you see Two Dog maybe three, five years down the road? You know, um, that's not too much of a curveball. Okay. Because I see the determination every day that Tim and Tina have. And I have known Tim and Tina for at least 15 years. So these are people that they make it work. 
and they do it because of their determination, because of their compassion and their will to stay true to what two dog is. And I think that those aspects alone are going to carry them way beyond five years from now. Well, just being around five years, three years in the restaurant business, thats you're overcoming huge hurdles, much less 22 and beyond. Well, one last thing, um, culture. Let's talk about culture. So I, I can just tell your excitement, and I've been in, in the, the restaurant. Is there something you see there that's a part of that culture that, or it's a principle or something that's, that you would attribute to making this a successful restaurant? Yes. Um, work ethic. Okay. That's a big one. I really do believe, um, you know, a lot is expected out of the staff to provide, myself included, to provide a phenomenal experience for every single person that walks through the door. And that has to be delivered, but that's where the compassion part comes in. You have the tools to, you have the tools, they, they train so well, and you know what is expected. And that's why a lot of our employees have been there for either the entire 22 years or over 15. And so that is, it's expected. So there is a work ethic and there is a, a high expectation of, of just loving every single person that comes in and making sure that they walk in and walk out happy. Well, Bill, there's that same theme we hear over and over again, creating an experience. Yes, and one thing I want to comment on is the photos of pets. Uh, (laughs) The the reason I want to comment on it, uh, my wife and I went, oh, more than 20 years between owning dogs. We had one that we loved and cared for who stayed with us for 14 years. And then when my wife started teaching and we were both employed, we felt we couldn't have a pet. She retired and she kept saying, we're going to get a dog. And for five years, the standing joke in the neighborhood was my answer. I said, yes, you will with your next husband. Because (laughs) I said, I don't want something that sheds, that keeps me awake at night, that messes up the house. I don't want any of that. And then all of a sudden, one day, it was our wedding anniversary, and I said, what do you want, jewelry, a trip, what do you want? She said, I want a pet. But, you know, we didn't get one until that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> she, had, she had obviously been planning, and now that's almost five years ago. And I understand now how pet owners feel about their pets the way we did initially about our children. In fact, when I'm walking the neighborhood— 30 years ago I w- or more, I would have been walking with my small children and meeting people that way. Now I walk with my pet, and we talk about our pets. <laughs> it's one of the, the great unifying factors among people. So I salute Two Dog for championing that. Well, Dr. Bill, just to let you know, you need to bring your pet because we do have a uh, patio that is dog-friendly. Really? Yes, you can bring your dog. We have treats on hand, and uh, we also have small water bowls for them and we we try to make their experience just as wonderful as we do their owners well when i get home today i'm going to tell that to little georgia that's her (laughs) name georgia well if you get up there enough you might even get georgia's picture on the wall 
Oh mm-hmm. man, that would be that oh. would be special. The well, Wall of Fame. Well, Joy, to tease our listeners one last time, what is your favorite dish there that people need to know about? My personal favorite dish um, is it's a little modified. It's a rosa. Okay. And so what that is is our uh, fresh made bread, and it's cross cut with uh, white cheddar, uh, garden fresh tomatoes. And then I do put a little scoop of chicken salad on there and uh, throw a little bit of basil and then bake it up nice and fresh. And our sides, it's that's what I love mainly because our sides change every day. They're listed on our website, so they change daily. And um, But you name it, I love all of them. Pesto mac and cheese, Green yeah. River Ranch potatoes. Yes. Can't go wrong. So somebody listening, salivating a little. Uh, I noticed the guys <laughs> here at the table are kind of looking hungry. What's the best way to stop by, go to the website? What do you think? Please uh, stop by anytime. Like I said, we're at 317 Spring Street. Uh, you can tell our building. It's very colorful and we have a wonderful patio. You can see that as well. Uh, you can also visit us at uh, twodogrestaurant.com. And that's the number two and then dogrestaurant.com. And uh, we all links to all of our social media are there. Um, that's also where you can see our daily sides and uh, that change, obviously. So you can see those every day and swing in. We're also on Uber Eats. And so if you can't get out of the office, you can go to Uber Eats and uh, we'll get somebody to get it to you. And also don't forget about our caterings. We deliver those all day long. They deliver. How about that? We'll see. I think I, I see a theme here. We can go get a good workout in with Rick. <laughs> Then go fuel up at Two Dog Restaurant. But Joy All Good from Two Two Dog Restaurant, Rick Parks with Rick's Gym. Dr. Bill had a lot of fun. Thanks so much for being with us on North Georgia Business Radio. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, we will see you next week, same time, same place, right here on North Georgia Business Radio.